BBC Gardeners World Live at the NEC. It has been already a busy couple of days. It's going to be busy on day three as well. And if you're coming down, you might want to catch up with the guest who's just joined me in the studio. Lucy Hutchings, welcome. Hello. Um, you just said to me, dare I mention it, there's a, a spot of rain outside. And after 35 days of no rain in the Midlands, <laughs> that's probably a welcome sight, isn't it? It is, but it's been very hot up till now. So it's, um, it's refreshing on one hand, but also quite a nice time to dip inside and have have a chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the Secret Homestead Garden. Tell me about this. So, I am all about the edibles. I'm very well known for growing lots of heritage heirloom varieties, that kind of thing. So, basically, if you can eat it, I love growing it. And I'm really passionate about getting more people to grow food. But everything to do with grow your own and vegetable growing and allotment growing and things, it's always portrayed in the media as very kind of homespun, quite traditional. Um, and that's lovely, but it's not an image that re- resonates with everyone. There's a whole load of purely kind of ornamental gardeners and, and they, don't, they don't like that image of gardening and they, they don't, it doesn't interest them. So what I was really interested in is how do you get those gardeners, how do you get ornamental gardeners to entertain the idea of growing food? So I've created a garden that is 100% edible. Every single plant in the garden can be eaten, uh, but it doesn't look anything like a veg patch. It has vegetables in there. They're in amongst the other things. There's lots of edibles, like ornamental edibles that you can eat. So the whole garden can be eaten, but it looks like a beautiful ornamental garden. I sometimes watch cooking programs and these top-end chefs put these tiny little flowers on their beautifully presented dishes and I've seen diners take those off because we we don't think about eating flowers uh, in the traditional sense here do we? We don't and I think um, when a lot of people think of ornamental edible gardening those kind of crystallized flowers on the tops of cakes and things that's what they think of whereas what I've tried to put in the garden are plants that are genuinely really useful like you can really eat these plants you can eat them in lots of different ways or you can get really substantial harvests from them Mm. so for example um I think a lot of people know you can eat nasturtium flowers, but you can eat the leaves, you can eat the uh, seeds when they're still green and preserve them as a caper alternative. Sunflowers, you can eat the unopened flower head, the the bud of the flower. You can eat it like a globe artichoke. You can eat the head once it's set its seeds but before the seed coats have hardened and you can eat that like corn on the cob and then you can save the seed and then you can grow them as microgreens so there's lots of plants that you can get like a lot of bang for your buck shall we say absolutely Uh, and i'm i'm suggesting i'm guessing that there's a lot of things you can't eat and you have to be careful with but that sort of guide presumably on your website and we can we can find that information because people will want to try these things um so then we start looking at those plants and food pairings which yes. is which is quite interesting isn't it so what what are some of the classic sort of uh, ornamental type plants and food, um, food pairings uh well i think i like to kind of rather than looking at um ornamental plants as, as garnishes because i think that's kind of how a lot of people think of them that where you get the flowers on the food and yeah. you get the flowers and salads and things like that um i want to get people to see first of all in plants that they may already have in their garden like ornamental plants for example hostas and cannas and stuff don't just see them as a pretty plant see the food that they can offer as well so hostas is the one that's really blown people's minds they didn't realize that you can eat them like asparagus and you harvest them in exactly the same way taste very similar i personally think they taste a lot better 
And then on the better other than hand... A, hang on, a, hang on. Yeah. Better than asparagus. <laughs> better than asparagus. Controversial. I know, it's a big <laughs> statement. But there you go, I'm putting it out there and I stand by it. <laughs> Hostas. Hostas. Hostas, right, OK. And are and they difficult is, to grow? Or? No, not at all. And they appear in so many gardens. It's the plant I've been asked about the most by far. Just because I think so many people are familiar with it. Gardeners love it. It's in so many garden mm. gardens and people aren't eating it. Whereas in East Asia, it's basically what they would eat instead of asparagus. Mm. So that it's really commonly eaten. And a lot of these plants are really commonly eaten. And then I also want people to stop seeing veg as just food and, and see past it and see the beauty in the plants as well. Because, for example, tomatoes, we originally grew tomatoes as an ornamental plant and no one ate them because they thought they'd be poisonous because they're part of the nightshade family. And now we grow tomatoes and we love them. They, you know, they're a grow-your-own staple. But we've forgotten that the original reason that we grew the plant was purely because we thought it was a beautiful plant. History lesson. Yeah. As well. This is fascinating. <laughs> so where was the, sort of the moment for you when this became your all-consuming passion? Well, I used to have a very, very different career. So I used to work in fashion. So you can't really get much more different than a career in horticulture. I have to say I'm much happier now. I very much like it. So I, I left fashion, but all, all, all the way through that time, even when I was like an art student studying design, I um, grew some plants that you can eat. I didn't really at that point have any idea what I was doing and I had very, very mixed results. But basically, if a plant gave a harvest one way or another, I mm. found it really inspiring. So so a few years ago, I just started getting really, really like deep diving on unusual edibles, forgotten things that we used to grow and we no longer grow and eat and um, plants just like the garden that I've designed where, you know, they're, they're beautiful plants, ornamental plants, but also you can eat them. So th I was just getting really into it and I just basically got to the point where if you can eat it I want to grow it hmm. so I've grown every, like you name it I've got it in my garden or at least tried it <laughs> so does that imply that you have a plant-based plant-based diet as well I'm actually not most people think that I must be vegan because hmm. I'm so obsessed with plants and food and we do eat a largely plant-based diet my, my partner's actually a chef so it's the perfect pairing um I don't cook at all <laughs> people also think I must be really really good at cooking um I I, I don't we eat a largely plant-based diet just because of the sheer quantity of things that come out of the garden um I try and concentrate on um our food traveling the shortest possible distance for us to eat it so I think that's the most sustainable way you can eat so we do eat some meat just a little bit not very much and um some a fair amount of it we raise it ourselves because then i can be completely comfortable with the life that they've had mm. but our main focus is, is on on plants really and presumably some of the the edibles that you're talking about can be grown in pots they can be on a balcony you don't need a garden to uh, to benefit from it's a bit like you do with, with other herbs i guess absolutely so lots of plants can really thrive in containers um you just if you're growing containers, you just have to be really on it with the watering and you have to be on it with food, which uh, feeding the plants. So that's something you don't necessarily have to consider quite as much when they're in the ground. Um, but as long as you are able to give them that extra bit of care, then yeah, loads of stuff can really, really thrive in pots. Mm. What's been your experience of, of people who've 
come to your website or, or they've, they've caught you on social media or seen you speaking here, um, there must be lots of questions uh, that you get. What are the, you're smiling. <laughs> so what are the common questions that you, that you well, get? Other than the fact, can you eat, can you really eat hostas? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people um, are, are, one of the main things I get asked is people are quite frightened of getting started. So there's lots of people um, that are interested in growing food because we, we can all get excited about food. We all like eating. You know, you've got the good food show here. We can we, we can all come at gardening from that perspective, even if you're not that interested in plants and flowers. So there's lots of people that are really interested in the idea of growing food, but they've maybe looked at um, old school gardening books and things where it's very prescriptive. It's like you do this on this date and not before. And if you do this, this will go wrong. And, and it sounds a little bit terrifying because there's so many rules around it so um, I just try and tell people have a go because genuinely the best way you can learn is from trial and error your garden will have all its own little microclimates going on so without trying things and things potentially not always going well you can't really learn what works and what doesn't for you you can't learn that in a book so the best way you can is just have a go and not be afraid to fail if it doesn't work it's not your fault I have loads of things that don't work every season is a new experience the weather is just a constant challenge and it's going to continue to change with you know the climate change that we're experiencing mm. so the best thing you can do try lots of different things and see what works for you and persevere because you can have something that just doesn't work many times and then all of a sudden you just crack it and it works really well and it's so rewarding so yeah don't be afraid to fail that's my best piece of advice that I can get give anyone are you also getting a sense that the people who come to your website who come and talk to you are actually changing the, the the way that they view those uh, those edible plants i mean I, I, the reason i ask is that a lot of people buy cookbooks because they've got a picture of a chef on the front and they don't necessarily cook from there but if they come and meet you if they if they get a little spark of imagination coming up from something on, uh, that's on your website do you, do you sense that there is a i want to say a movement are you, are you making uh, a difference are you creating a movement lisa i'd like to think so i'd like to think so everything i do is to try and help people grow more food um, and i try and acknowledge the fact that the way that it's always been done doesn't necessarily suit everybody so i try and put forward a, a, a different perspective on it or a number of different perspectives on it and also i think that veg growing has been humble for too long and actually you know, this is the best way to get your hands on the best ingredients that you can be cooking with in your kitchen. And, you know, if you were buying those ingredients from a shop, you would be paying a premium for them. They would be, they'd be a luxury item. So I think there is room there for um, these things to be aspirational. And I think that's what's resonating with people. They're, they're finding a, like a new perspective on it and, and that connect with the food um, rather than it just being gardening mm. you know not everyone considers themselves a gardener but I think everyone could be excited about growing food I think that's that's the real um, change that I'm seeing and a whole new generation of people are getting into growing mm. from from food and sustainability backgrounds rather than people who have always had an interest in gardening mm. you go into most supermarkets now and there's a, a, a two meter wide aisle four shelves deep of uh, fresh herbs which are grown commercially mm -hmm. will there come a time when part of the end of that aisle will have 
a metre-wide display of edible plants? It would be lovely. I suspect not, uh, because it probably wouldn't be worthwhile for the supermarkets to do it. Um, I, I try and encourage people to... Um, disengage from supermarkets a little bit because um, we've had a weird time over the last few years so for, for a long time we could take produce and supermarkets completely for granted you knew that you could walk into a supermarket you're pretty sure you'd find what you were looking for and you were pretty sure you knew how much you were going to pay for that item and then over the last few years that's suddenly been challenged so we had empty shelves at the beginning of the pandemic when people everyone panic bought so everyone's been reliant on these supermarkets and suddenly there's not necessarily any food in them and that's that's quite scary and again up since brexit and with supply chain issues because of that again we've had sporadic periods of empty shelves now that's quite scary if you are 100 percent reliant on those supermarkets to provide everything you need now it's not that i'm expecting everyone to run out and suddenly become completely self-sufficient um but just by growing a few things it can be very empowering and suddenly you you know that you've got that piece of food that you will always be able to supply for yourself you know you've got it you're not paying huge amounts of money in the supermarket for it it's just i think it gives you a little bit of control a bit of security absolutely every day is a learning day it is especially in the world of gardening and cooking lucy i know you've been very busy here at the show really appreciate you popping into the studio to see us enjoyed the rest of bbc gardens world live thank you it's lovely chatting with you